Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. Sup, Jordan? Sup, J.R.? How you living, kid? Pretty, doing pretty good. Doing pretty pretty good. good? Yeah. That's good. That's good to hear. And then we got our third host, uh, published author and apparently best looking, uh, Zach Barlow. How <laughs> you living, kid? Apparently. Allegedly, I'm, best looking. I'm pretty good, man. You know, just uh, out here with these cheek cheekbones. You are and, out there uh, with those. This like razor sharp fucking beard fade, and uh, these like mysterious hazel eyes that I got. They are mysterious. On. I get lost sometimes. It's like a maze. Just, yeah, it's like just, the lost woods. Just doing my thing, man. Just trying to, just trying to look good. That's all I really care about these days. You know, just. I mean, what else is there to care about? Matters. Yeah, like we're we're vapid now. I mean, fuck the world, fuck the future. Where's my hangup? I mean, there's like a election tomorrow, I guess. But we're losing Jr. Yeah, by the time this episode drops, the world would either be um, burnt to the ground, or actually, no, there's probably gonna be like months of just like recounting votes and pushbacks and all that. let's be real tomorrow's just the start of the longest month of our lives. Which what are you what are you guys doing for? Election Tuesday. Looking for a bomb shelter and several bottles of wine. I, <laughs> I am going to work like a regular human being. Oh, I'll be I at work be, for sure. I will be downtown Seattle, so I need to get out. No, well, I'll be more in White Center, so I'll be all right. I prefer to go to White Center than downtown when there's an election mm-hmm. or some kind of, you know, uh, I guess mass, you know, uh, society. Exodus. Well, just society involvement, you <laughs> know, any type it, of yeah. s- society involvement. So, I mean, biblical wrath yeah. <laughs> coming through through the streets. Uh, yeah, it's the end of the, the <laughs> end of the world. Um, it's the end but, of days. So, let's talk comics. Are you? Do you have any plans, Zach? Are you doing anything big? I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna watch it, and I don't know. Panic attack. Black I'm planning out. on like a multi-hour panic attack, and then you know from there, we'll just just go from there. That sounds exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious too, but like not not anxious to have a panic attack. I'm just it's weird because like I'm anxious today, and like it's just tough because like we're all still expected to work. You know what I mean? Like I don't know about you guys, but I'm busy <laughs> as shit this week. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. hella busy this week. And I don't have an opportunity, like, I'm thinking, like, if it doesn't go how I'd like it to go, I honestly feel like I'm going to be wrecked. Like, I, I don't know, it's going to really affect me. But the next day I have deadlines and I have, you know, shit to do and meetings and all this other shit. So, like, I'm going to have to figure it out. And I feel like a lot of people are going to have to. Just bury it on down. Yeah. Just, just bury it on down. Check on it later. Bury it on down. Yeah. yeah. Get it out of there. Keep it down there for safekeeping. We'll check on yeah. it later. Yeah. That's uh, pretty much the plan. Yeah. It's good, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, like, most you... of America is like that. Yeah. Like, well, either way, there's going to be a happy group and a fucking miserable either group. Either way. And, either like, way. It's on a Tuesday, so there's Wednesday, and we all have to work. So <laughs> we're going to And then there's to... Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be in, like, interesting interesting how people deal it, with it it'll be good i mean at least we we know that we can like we're making money we're not some like slobs or nothing just at home you know hanging out just waiting i'd for prefer it, that I actually right now. i i <laughs> would prefer, prefer not, not i like money. working i like making money i like being in charge of that 
So, I mean, I'm good with that. I mean, but it's all going to be fine, at least in Washington, because then the Seahawks play on Sunday again. So that's <laughs> football season, and that's what counts around here. Everybody so. will forget come this weekend. <laughs> for, for sure. sure. <laughs> football. Either way, I don't anticipate too much changing in the world. Just some uh, some strong reactions for a little bit, and we'll see if we can survive that. But speaking yeah. of chaos, uh, today's topic is, is very fitting. We're talking <laughs> The Batman Three Jokers by Jeff Johns, and it's uh, – a three-part series that just, comple- just completed its uh, third epi- third uh, issue last week. And we got to read all three of them. So we're very stoked about that. Um, and in going with the theme, we are drinking some Bat Squatch uh, Hazy IPA from Rogue. Uh, so before we get into the story, let's hop in that beverage breakdown. So, JR, I don't know the answer that you haven't had this before, but Zach, have you had this one yet? The Basquatch? No, I have not. So, it's a hazy IPA. It's pretty popular. It's from Newport, Oregon, where Rogue is uh, based. Um, I have never had it. I've seen it. Brandon actually recommended this a while ago. Nate did it on their podcast. Um, It's a pretty popular IPA. It's got good reviews. You look it up online. And I just thought it was fitting because Batman and Basquatch are pretty similar uh they're both hideous <laughs> fucking winged creatures um but the basquatch Wait, actually fact check that that check man's a hideous winged creature yeah um so we uh we, you think it's just an ipa and then you look into the basquatch actual lore which i was unaware of and i like cryptids and all that weird shit is it uh what's that it's the same as uh, now that we're on this topic of like batman and and Bat Squatch. Did you know there's a man bat that was more oh, yeah. uh, that would be more appropriate to fitting, I guess? Yeah, well, that's Jordan, I mean, Jordan probably didn't know that, but I did, JR. Uh, we're talking about you're... Mothman, dude, or we're talking about something else. No, we're not uh, talking about Mothman. Uh, no, no, we're talking about Man Bat. <laughs> In fact, if you watch the animated Batman series, oh, you're talking comic there. characters. Okay, well, yeah, what else would real we be talking like about? <laughs> <laughs> Mothman. Mothman's <laughs> fucking real, dude. Watch Hellier. Okay, all I gotta say, watch Hellier. It's just real. <laughs> Aliens exist. Why the fuck would Mothman exist? Um, <laughs> but no, Basquatch is actually it's uh it's a cryptid lore from Washington. Um, apparently, when Mount St. Helens erupted back in 1980, uh, there was visions of a primate with leathery wings um, emerging from the mountain after the eruption and. The Basquatch was born. So that's what this beer is actually modeled after. And yeah, your skepticism is not welcome here. Um, it's mm. truth. It's fact. It happened. I think the people were inhaling those chemicals from the, say, the ash. The air from you know, the you sound like and... you guys sound like the government, and I'm not here Vol- for it. Volcanic right? rock <laughs> spewing. Just buried under the rug, know. huh? Never happened. Uh, we're gonna a... we're gonna take over this crime scene. You just go home to the wife. We're gonna just <laughs> caution tape this one off with our AK-47s and suits. And, the sulfur uh, acid in the air causes hallucinations and... Just uh, look in this red light right here real quick. All right, I'm going to put these sunglasses <laughs> on and I'm going to press a button. You're going to see a flash and it all never happened. Yeah, uh, yeah that's um, a funny one there. <laughs> so uh, apparently there's uh, leathery winged primates flying around in Washington somewhere. Um, but <laughs> this is my first time trying this hazy IPA, so I'm excited. So... It's got a nice uh, orange oh, like, hue to it. I like that color. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, color. yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely got a haze to it. It's got yeah. some cloud for sure, for sure. Pinky out. Push Mickey down. 
Sorry. Um, hmm. Not not as much of a fan as I thought I'd be. Really? Wow. Yeah. I. Uh, it's got the cool can. It's got the cool backstory. It's got the hazy IPA. And honestly, all I taste is pineapple. Like hardcore. Ooh, I might like it then. Hefty yeah, amount of pineapple. Yeah, that sounds good. Dude, I love pineapple. Like, do you guys remember the uh, the pineapple we had at the live show from Silver City? The pineapple yeah, that's IPA? Good. It's like that, but it's like not what I was expecting. It's a little too sweet for me. I mean, it's, it like, it's drinkable. Does it's like it have an IPA soda? kick? I don't even have any kick, no. And if you look on the can, it has like a little breakdown of a star, and there's like tropical uh, citrus, and it has like, like colors to like the points where it's strongest, and yeah. it's... Completely empty on bitter, completely empty on malt, empty on pine, all on tropical, and a little bit on citrus. I don't get any citrus, honestly. I get a lot, a lot of pineapple, though. Dude, that's so. pineapple soda. I'm in. Yeah. Oh, God. I love pineapple that's not, soda. That's not what I go... And that's not what I think of. I think I'm think i actually weirdly open to the idea of pineapple soda as well. Yeah, they have it, right? Fanta has a pineapple soda. I mean, Looks every... Looks like sh- piss. <laughs> it does not... Like, piss so it's got great reviews a lot of people like it um i am just not a fan of the sweetness i guess i, I want a little more bitter a little more punch to my ipa so that's our beverage breakdown now to the three jokers jr how about you enlighten us while we sit crisscross applesauce and listen to your story time three jokers all right uh, the three jokers is obviously three issues. Um, they're calling it a, I don't know, a sequel maybe to the, uh, killing joke. You know, is it an alternate universe type of, you know, Joker? Is it a, um, a storyline? Is it, is it a standalone? Um, a lot of, in 2015, they had this, uh, uh, this story going about three jokers, um, and it was it, it dealt with the the it dealt with Batman and the Dark Side War and it dealt with uh, the Morbulus Chair you know and it it opened up the eyes to Batman and who the Joker was but ultimately it it sort of changed I think you know this this last year or so um, but it follows Batman Batgirl and the Red Hood which is Jason Todd and if everybody knows who Jason Todd Jason Todd is the Robin that was murdered in the 1988 uh <clears throat> the uh the uh, a death in the family comic book Got right it's pretty by pretty, Joker by Joker with a crowbar um, with the crowbar and there's three jokers in this there's the clown the criminal and the comedian and unbeknownst to Batman in the, the he's under the understanding that there's always been three jokers um, and so he's finally, it's kind of like a, a murder mystery and following these clues that the Joker has left. And it, and it deals a lot with trauma and overcoming trauma. And obviously that's why they picked Batgirl who was shot and paralyzed for the longest. Right. And she, there's actually really, all three of them have kind of been fucked up by the Joker. Right. By the Joker. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, Jason Todd was murdered, came back with the Lazarus pith. And, um, in, in the book, there's actually a great scene of, of, uh, Barbara just running the freaking treadmill till it burns out, you know? So she's overcome and surpassed. And, and obviously Batman with the death of his family, right. Dealing with trauma. So, um, this story follows follows that and follows the the craziness of chaos, which I think 
you know, the story can follow that, but also gives you some like little eggs, you know, little, you know, snippets of, of who Batman and who Joker and that kind of tandem. So, um, you know, that without giving too many spoiler alerts, that's pretty much the three Jokers, you know, um, which has been, it's, it's in a, a, a thicker kind of comic, right? I think it's 48 pages instead of the 36 pages yeah, of a yeah. comic book. So it's a little bit thicker. Each um, one. Each one, right. Yeah. And uh, it's it's got a great, you know, feel to it. It does, I had a, you know, reading The Killing Joke, you have this, like, um, dread almost the whole time you're reading it. It's such a great book, but it's got a dread to it. And I think this one had more of a murder mystery, which feels fills my my bucket when it comes to reading you know that murder mystery so i think that they did a great job with that um and the art's just amazing i mean the the jokers just look top notch on this who was the artist on this one the the, the artist was uh well the, uh jason fabuk if i say that right um and it was written by uh i always say his name from but joff johns and he you you see him a lot of screenwriting for you know like the dc shows Right, and he's a lot of uh, he does he rewrites the animated stuff. Um, Goff, Jason Fabuk, um, he is a Canadian comic book artist, so I really don't know a lot about him. Just that he says a a lot. Um, he did a lot of Justice League books. He's a beast, though. I mean, the art in this, the oh, art yeah. of these were just incredible. It art is killer, a great, it is great sure. book. I love, I love, I, I, I think the reason I love reading Joker books too is because the Jokers always look pretty cool. Right. I mean, it, in this mm-hmm. one, he did a really and he threw like he did three different versions of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and each one of those versions has a tie into each one of the, main, you know, the hero characters. Right. So, like I said, the, the clown is the one who actually killed Jason Todd. Um, the criminal was the one that. Uh, uh, oh, no, the comedian, the one that killed Barbara. Right. And the criminal that is obviously tied to the Golden Age Batman, where, you know, he hunts down, you know, more of a detective, you know, with the with the Joker. So. But yeah, he's done some good stuff. I mean, he's done some uh, the Batman: The Dark Knight, you know, the Batman Eternals, uh, Justice League, Justice League. I mean, he's done a great um, run all together, and he's got these like really great storytelling panels. So, um, so I, I think that's great. I think you know, I think it's a great art. It's got great. Obviously, it's got great writing. Everybody knows who Goff, uh, Goff Johns is. I mean, that guy is he's like you know Scott Schneider, you know my, Brian Michael Bendis status when it comes to comic book writing. Yeah, he's he was like I was listening to a couple of podcasts on this. He's like top five in a lot of people's books, and uh, one of his all strengths, time uh, right now. And right now, one mm-hmm. of his one of his strengths apparently is is callbacks. Like he he builds off of former stories and doesn't mm-hmm. like completely make them his own, um, but he does adjust you know the past a little bit and adds his little tweaks and touches. And I felt like that was completely evident in this. Um, I didn't know it was a Killing Joke sequel, or if that was like the theory behind it but you got that feel right away even just from like the color scheme where it's black and white and one thing is red it's like okay that's that's straight killing joke right there Mm -hmm. then the flashback to barbara gordon and obviously the flashback to joker later on and and even the flash forward like opening the book one with her like killing it on the treadmill it's kind of just like establishing like okay this is barbara gordon she's clearly okay now but she's also dealing with like something because why would she be like trying to crush this treadmill to death, you know, it seems like there's trauma there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I thought it was so funny when, like, uh, Gordon was, like, didn't know that I was his daughter or whatever. Like, was for, like, and she's like, does he know who you – or Batman, does he know who you are? She's like, of course not. When she's got, like, everything – like, her eyes are covered, but she has her long-ass red hair. Her fucking face is out. Like, her dad doesn't recognize his own daughter. I don't know. It's just so fucking comic booky. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That comes back around. I was curious. So, like, JR was saying, there's three Jokers. There's the criminal, the comedian, and the clown. And, like, that's kind of each – you anticipate in like in the Joker lore, you anticipate those are all one person. That's just like aspects of personality traits of one person. But in this, they break it down to three different people. So if you had to do that from the the big screen, where would you put Heath Ledger in those three? Like, would you compare him to which which of the three Jokers? If you had to pinhole him into the comedian, the clown, or the criminal, I know who I'd say. Who? Um. The comedian. Okay. Yeah, I think that I let, let's let's differentiate the three, or I'll, I'll give my version of the differentiation, and you guys can sure. either agree or disagree. Okay. I felt like the clown was mostly about like the act of the crime, like almost like the style of it. Like he wanted to make sure that there was a big fish in the aquarium, and he wants to make sure he gets to use his little acid fucking thing and he wants to make sure that it goes a certain way and i think that that was his fixation was like the style in which he committed crimes and i feel like the criminal was more just about like the cunning like planning of things like almost like a behind the scenes figure where he's kind of like the mastermind where he's like okay this needs to go here you guys need to go over here this is how we're going to get things done and i felt like the comedian was mostly just about chaos like just pure he just wanted to fuck shit up in any fucking way possible, however that can happen. That's like, and I feel like I would equate Heath Ledger's Joker to that character because Heath Ledger's Joker is very famously the one that like gets all the money and fucking sets it on fire. Like, just to, he, like he has no real motive other than to create chaos itself. He's not really. In, interested in like how he does it or he's not really interested on the outcome where I feel like the criminals actually is interested on the outcome. He's just interested in creating chaos and I feel like those two characters remind me of each other in that way. Okay. Interesting. JR? I agree with your take on the three. I mean, <clears throat> the clown, if you read the a Death in the Family, he, and actually if you read uh, Under the Red Hood or Under the Hood, and there's actually an animated movie. It he's actually it's all about like a punchline for him, and uh, just silly. Um, and uh, so I I do agree with your analysis. But I I've Heath Ledger's I know it he wanted to create chaos, but it was like he had a plan to create chaos. So I kind of picked the criminal like as for him. Like his even though the end result was chaos, his planning was so to the T. That's why he equaled Batman in the Dark Knight because Batman was planning to the T. But now he has a rival who planned to the T, even when he, even though the end result was chaos at, you know, mm-hmm. and I felt like yeah. that, that fit him more. The comedian was for me was just pure sadistic, like pure evil to me. That, I mean, he shoots Barbara Gordon. He practically rapes her. Right. I mean, that was how that book and uh, anything to cause pain. Um, and I felt like Keith, Heath Ledger's Joker was more of. Of that, you know, of more of of the just hey, I'm gonna create. I don't like this society. I'm gonna show you what a, a better society can be, and like, and that's with people being able to act the way they want it, which is chaos, which is 
but he planned it. I mean, the the scene where he walks from Two Face to the bus and he's walking away with the you know he's in a nurse's outfit with a wig. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. that is that is planned to the T to you know turn yeah, Two Face turn turn Two Face into Two Face, right? So that's uh, true. So I, I I mean I I do agree with those notes, but I I think he's more of a criminal for me than the more of the criminal clown. He also targets one. like specific crime families, he like does, to yeah. clearly gain like a an army. Like he targets like you know <clears throat> kingpins and stuff. So that is planning. Yeah, yeah it's that. it's tough. It's tough, right? Because I agree with both of you in a sense that I think that he is chaotic and he is completely sadistic, but he has a plan. But I would I would argue that the the comedian had a plan the whole time too. Like it's not that he doesn't have a plan. He just like that's not the the whole priority of the of like that's not his motive his motive like the the they i feel like they had different motives and i feel like i don't know heath ledger's motive was not necessarily to run the, the drug game or to take over the city it was to create chaos and just and destroy the batman i mean at a certain point i can't remember if in the dark Knight he knew who batman was before they interacted or if he discovered who batman so. was okay so like his plan wasn't necessarily towards directed towards the batman but it, it became that towards the end a little bit i don't know I, I feel like if you look in the the big screen it's hard to not decipher any of them as a criminal like uh jack nicholson is like straight criminal you can argue clown a little bit because it's a little like older and it has some more like clown like esque reactions but like jared leto's i wouldn't consider him clown or comedian i, I think he's straight criminal as um, criminal yeah like they're all pretty criminal and even like ledger who is like the most i would say out there is like hardcore criminal i don't know like like the only one i can think is uh what about joaquin phoenix yeah joaquin was literally a a failed comedian but he was also just really sick so i don't know if that it makes the comedian or the clown um i guess more comedian that's just i don't think i i don't think you can make an argument for joaquin to be the criminal no not at all i didn't plan anything instantly gotta wipe that off the table yeah he's not the criminal for sure so he's either the clown or the comedian and so the clown in the story, like when the when the comedian's running it back, it's like the clown just wants to laugh at pain. And I don't see Joaquin laughing at pain. Um, but the comedian's defined as I don't know. I I feel like I, I might be on it's that. It's painful to laugh. <laughs> I know that's one side of it, but does he laugh at others' pain? I don't know. Maybe he does. I think he laughs at his own pain. As like a just a <laughs> like even in the movie in Joaquin, wasn't there the scene where he got his ass beat? And then he was like crying, and then like he started laughing. Yeah, but he he like I guess it's not a choice, but who knows? Maybe the clown's not a choice either. He, he does say it hurts to laugh yeah. in the book, so maybe that is the clown. Maybe he's it, the clown. It's a tough spectrum because I could see a little bit in, in I mean, I would say you're right. The uh, Jared Leto is kind of the outlier of this because he's he fit more of Joaquin that. Phoenix. No, um. Or Jared Leto. Jared, I thought Jared Leto was because he fit more of just one thing. But like Heath Ledger could be both as well of maybe, you know, the clown and and, you know, the uh, maybe the, the or the, the comedian and the the criminal. criminal? And, and I feel mm-hmm. like um, Joaquin could be, you know, the clown and the comedian. Like there's a little bit of a spectrum that's probably a little bit hard to define. Um, but you know, it's tough with walking Phoenix because it's, is such a psycho, like psychological thriller about depression and mental health, you know? And mm-hmm. I felt like that's kind of what, you know, um, the killing joke was, is just, I mean, he, he, tormenting, uh, commissioner Gordon was like huge in that. Right. I mean, just, I felt like that was more, 
what that was about, you know, and I feel like that's what kind of Joaquin Phoenix's story is about too, which they did take a lot from the killing joke, I thought, in the movie. Which Joker do you think poses the biggest threat to Batman? That's a good question. Um, out of the three uh, profiles or out of the big screen Jokers? The three profiles. <clears throat> Comedian. Like, Batman never loses. That's kind of, like, written in the in the stars. But, like, if you're a writer and, like, they're like, all right, here's your assignment. We're going to write a story, but the Joker's going to win this time. Which Joker are you going to say is most realistic to, like, beating him? It's, it's such think, a tough call. And, yeah. like, let me actually make this a little bit more interesting. So there's two ways to beat him. You can either kill Batman or you can goad Batman into killing the Joker, into killing him. Ooh, I like the killing. Going, uh, crossing that line, if you watch, if you watch the, uh, the Dark Knight or read the book, The Dark Knight Returns where he's like there's actually an alternate so right now i'm reading dark metals right and there's an alternate universe where batman actually kills bat uh, the joker right we're gonna read it we're gonna read where the batman who come or batman who laughs and that's what the batman who, who laughs does he kills the joker um mm. so i think that's Way such an interesting it. thing that's okay <clears throat> um we're gonna do that <laughs> that's next okay week, anyways that's okay <laughs> but it's such a great thing i loved it because uh I- i'm not telling the whole thing because we'll do that next week but i think that whole storyline of it's kind of, I mean, it's weird that Batman dies. He's died before. Um, but I feel like him crossing that line takes more out of him than him actually dying. So I felt like who's going to kill, who's going to drive Batman the most to shoot him in the face, you know, or, or use, you know, death to finally, I mean, he mentions it in the three books, like to Jason Todd. He's like, do you think I've never thought about putting a bullet in his head? Like, mm-hmm. it's, that's just the line he won't cross. So I think that's a much better thing. And who do I feel has the most that he would do that to? Um, I feel like the comedian does just because he seems more sadistic. Um, obviously the clown killed, killed, uh, Jason Todd. Um, but, uh, uh, the comedian is kind of a mix of the criminal and the clown. A little bit. Yeah. I feel like he's a little bit of both, but he's more, it's more sadistic and he's more like out there and just his goal is to fuck up Batman's life, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think the least likely, if I had to rank him, I'd say least likely is the criminal. Which is kind of interesting because you would think that like the criminal, I mean, he's a criminal, but ultimately he's a planner and I feel like Batman's a planner and like he might, there's like a, almost like a level of understanding between how they both approach with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I feel like if you like understand, if you have an understanding with somebody or another character, then it's harder to, to justify like killing. And so I feel like that's going to act as a barrier. I feel like I would say the comedian is the one because he's honestly, in my opinion, the most dangerous. Like I if agree. you mix the the criminals' like ability to plan the shit out and then the clowns' just taste for utter fucking chaos, you get the comedian and like that combination. It's like taste for utter chaos, but make sure it hits. Like make sure it's like planned out and that it's like on a grand scale. And I just feel like that's like that's dangerous i mean that's that's a terrible combination i can yeah at first i wanted to say the clown just because he's so unpredictable that like you can't plan for it but i feel like the comedian has some of that but he has more motive and more focus and drive smarter yeah so like he has the unpredictable like you're saying he has the criminal mindset but he has the unpredictability of the clown where like 
you can't play chess against something that doesn't play by the rules. Like it's just yeah. like there's gonna be that you can't plan for that. So yeah, I think the comedians. I think the comedians. What we see as the Joker, and the clown and the criminal are just like parts of his personality that are hmm. portrayed in this in this story. Because like the comedian encapsulates all of it. I feel like the, the comedian's the one that gets arrested at the end, right? Like I think he's the one that survives because he. The criminal gets yeah, shot yeah, in the spoiled. brain. I thought, I thought we were yep. spoiling stuff, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's all right. <laughs> no, no you're right. good. The comedian. So that's, the, that's JR's favorite line after you spoil something. It's all right. It's all right. It's, it's all fine. Right. You'll live. You're, it's fine. fine. They'll be all right. You'll live. <laughs> no, there's, 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 there's a, a couple iconic scenes in this, and the one is the clown getting murked by Jason Todd, which you don't ever see, right? right? Like when a Joker gets murked. By the way, part. I got to say, I fucking loved that. Like, oh. I loved seeing that. And I. 100%. I have like this affinity towards the Red Hood. I'm really, I'm starting to, so, so to notice this about myself. It's, he's fucking bad. I fucking love the Red Hood, and it's always like a different person. But I just feel like his like whole fucking helmet, leather jacket, double fucking Magnum shit, bro. Like I just feel like he's like. Is it because cool. he played Injustice for a, bike, like a, a bro, like stretch like there? He's got his bike and That's shit. True. <laughs> he's just a badass. Like I think it's tight, and I love this idea of like Batman being Batman. Like he's like the you know symbol of hope. He's never gonna kill anybody. He is who he is. He's pretty much locked in his like ethos. But then you have like this kind of more chaotic justice character like following in the wake of like Batman and just making bad decisions. Like I just feel like that's very entertaining to me. Like Batman subdues the criminal and then says, "Red Hood, take care of this." And Red Hood's like, "All right." Just yeah, like right. Him, bro. Like I just feel like I I found myself reading that and being like, "Yes. Yes. More of that." I I, I cheered. More of this. I for really? sure cheered when, like yeah. Yeah. Toast. ones like, "Yes." Toast. Absolutely. <laughs> I felt personally that this whole arc was more of a Red Hood story than a Batman story. For sure. I mean, it yeah, Batman was an outlier. I mean, we didn't really get a lot of POV from Batman. It was mostly Red Hood. Yeah, like Red Hood's like at least in the pr- the first two, he's the primary. Definitely the first and, one. Yeah. He yeah. Was... I mean, even in book two, like it's him like overcoming the ambush and shit. But like, I don't know. What was what was your favorite part of book one? I mean, is My... it? I think we're all in conclusion. Like, the, was it the? the yeah, the fucking you... tank sharks. I mean, that yeah, was dude. Uh, book I mean, two. We, was just an ta- we just talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Book two well, was the tank sharks were dope, dude. Yeah, I mean, it was funny. Book two was more of like an in between for me. Like it was like I want to get to book three because you know, like book two was more like, hey, this is well. I, I mean, I like book two because it was like starting to really. Un- I love story. I love horror movies that tell you a story, like a mystery story. You know what I mean? I felt like book two was starting to unravel the the mystery. Uh, yeah. you know, Joe Joe Chill and all that stuff was getting involved and. Anybody oh man, did. I can't wait till we get to that part. I, I also feel like book two for me, like one of the high points for book two is just like, okay, so Red Hood just like murked this guy. What do you do now? Like if you're Batman, do you know what I mean? Like that was a very interesting position to put him in. But Barbara, I feel like they kind of did Barbara Gordon dirty because she was pretty one dimensional to me. Like she was just like, and I think that it's like necessary to have this character that's like, the the kind of justice pure good character that's like why would you do this like you can't do this blah 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 like but also make out with me yeah but also make out with me yeah i think i guess i know why why she was in that position so but i i just thought it was interesting to say like what does batman do like batman's completely against killing he's always been and so technically now red hood's a criminal but 
Red Hood is also like one of Batman's like probably like a closest to family that he has at this point. So and he feels like he failed him, so he takes responsibility almost to a certain yeah. standpoint. Yeah. Like, and you like know that fault. there's a part, and I love how they actually spec- specified this, but there's a part where. Batman says, like, do you know how many times I just wanted to just cap that guy? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was like, a, you know, because so he's just so conflicted. Like, he understands why he did it. He wants to do it himself. But it goes against everything that he stands for and everything he taught Red Hood to be. So, like, how does he deal with that? And that was, like, an interesting. That's pretty much, like, the what drove me through book two. I wanted yeah. to see that. Yeah. There was a lot yeah, of but- drama with him on book two, like, personal and revealing a lot of, like, his inner demons, you know, like, how he, you know. He let him kill. If you read Under the Red Hood or you read the the family, the Batman uh, Death in the Family book, there's a lot of like, tr- and I, I felt like I felt that there was a lot. So like, I know that, you know, Barbara Gordon was like one at- facet of the way she was portrayed, but she was actually like, uh, uh, she, she dealt with her. I felt this book was about trauma and I felt like her, her, the way she handled trauma was the way, the way that she had to be like completely pure. The whole time right like that's how she dealt with trauma jason mm-hmm. todd dealt with trauma with violence you know and hatred and um and batman didn't know how to deal with it until the joker maybe help well, batman handles it very similarly with like barbara like he he's very black and white i mean he's very he quiet does not... he's very quiet he doesn't barbara batman, was very i think batman just does what we talked about in the opening of this episode about the election like you just bury it yeah, yeah. Swallow, yeah. Yes. that's exactly swallow what he did. Yeah, swallow drown it down with brown. Suppress, yeah, only Batman suppress. Drink. He totally suppressed it. Uh, Jason Todd didn't know how to express it, <laughs> other than shoot you're, people. You're projecting, Jason. Think, that's like my favorite line of the book. When you're in the car, he's like, "You never helped me." He's like, "You're projecting, Jason." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Barbara was more about the positive aspects of dealing with trauma, right? Like she had a more of like work it out i mean even batman told you know oh wait maybe that's a different movie that's no, she no, had no. Books. there is a line when she batman books said on that, it. like i hope that you would be more like barbara oh yeah 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 but i i was sorry i watched today i watched which is such a dad line. movie have you ever seen that movie that's it's funny that we're talking about trauma either with denzel washington and Derek luke what's it called uh antoine fisher and he's about a he's a black man who was like abused as a child and he didn't know how to deal with trauma so he dealt with it violently and he's in the navy and he actually, uh, you know, and Denzel Washington directed it. It was written by Antoine Fisher. It's actually based off of a true story. And uh, Ant- uh, D- Denzel Washington is his therapist, and he's helping him cope with the trauma in his life as a childhood. His mother had him while she was in prison. His dad died before he was born, and he was raised by, like, these sadistic, like, uh, preacher people, right? I mean, and he was beat. And so when he got older, he didn't know how to deal with anger at all. Like he just fought everybody. He almost got kicked out of the Navy. And so he, he started to, uh, Denzel Washington started to help him realize what that trauma was like, Hey, what started it? Right. Like what starts so that he actually tells him Hmm. in the story, Hey, channel your anger, go hit some, some, uh, you know, go to the gym, work out, pump some iron. And at, I, I got that confused with Barbara Gordon and Joker, the three Jokers, because it's totally like almost the same thing. Like if you got that angered, you have to channel it in a way. And Barbara did it positively, and Jason Todd did it negatively, which is why he's yeah. a badass. Or it's a great movie. I think he's still kind of a pussy, but um, yeah. All right, so the drama is in the book two. Uh, story gets set in book one. Drama drama ensues in book two, and then book three is the conclusion. So Zach, you're excited to get to this part about Joe Chill, who has the name of a 1995 
AOL Instant Messenger screen name, Joe Chill 55. Uh, what were your thoughts? And was why that you your screen to get name? No, I just feel like there was somebody out there like Chad Bro Chill. Oh. Fucking oh. just, just a ridiculous Chill. name. Joe <laughs> Chill. Probably. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that as a, as a, like a, somebody who has a doctorate in Batman, if you're into oh God. Uh, Batman lore, no, I'm just joking. I mean, I'm not that smart, but I love <laughs> Batman and like, I've always loved Batman and I follow like this, this, this world. And if you do, then you know that Joe Chill is the one that killed uh, Thomas and Martha Wayne and kind of started this whole fucking thing, this whole Batman thing, Bruce Wayne, the trauma, all of it. And ultimately, um, the three Jokers kind of had a plan to create a new Joker out of Joe Chill. Like, they wanted to make him a Joker. And uh, I found myself um, reading that and, like, really fucking wanting that to happen really bad. Like, really fucking badly. Like, I I don't want to say what happens, um, but, yeah, anyway, it's kind of hard to say more without spoiling more spoiling but it, yeah i was rooting for that to happen really fucking bad i was super excited um because i feel like what's cool the joker is awesome i mean they have a huge history and that's kind of um you know cool but nobody really knows who the joker is even the killing joke is like just another rendition of like who he is i mean there's no like canon there's no name the in the killing is. joke right they don't say his name Did yeah it's just name? some comedian but even that story is like I mean, I think there's, like, arguments whether that's even canon. Like, I, I think, like, the whole mystery of the Joker is, like, we don't know who he is. We don't know where he came from, blah, blah, blah. That's but, just Alan I Moore's mean, origin story. That's not the origin story. Yeah, exactly. That's just <clears throat> Alan Moore's, like, take on what, what could be. It's not canon. And so what I'm saying is that... I think before you go on, Joker Zach, was Joe spoilers, Chill, spoilers, like, galore, dude. We've already spoiled the first two. Like, if they're going to be listening to this, earmuffs. <laughs> but what do you, you want to say? Out, I just bro. I was pissed that it didn't end up happening. I was pissed when Batman saved Joe Chill. I mean, like Joe Chill is an interesting character because he's very regretful and sorry and like not a bad guy anymore. And I think that that's cool because not no nobody is just one thing. And so it kind of shows like yeah, he was a shitty person, but then he got old, he got sick. But I wanted him to become the Joker because I feel like imagine that like beef. Like all right, so here's Batman. Here's the Joker. Also, this guy killed my parents. I just feel like that's that would be awesome. So I was for it, and it ended up not happening, and I was kind of disappointed. That'd be yeah. a hard Joker to not kill. Yeah, it would. Yeah, and I was like, also interested him. in what kind Joe of Joker Chill, Joe Chill would have been. I mean, he seemed like old and feeble at that point. It's like I don't know. Yeah, if but I a... think the chemicals like can bring you back. You lose your mind, but you gain your body. That's what. That's exactly what the Joker said. That like he would. Yep. Hey, it mental. In, let's make up mental. We'll have mental illness, but his physical illness will be replaced with that. So I, 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 I like. You know, there. I would have been really interested to see Joe Chill as the Joker. Um, there's actually a couple storylines that I've read before, uh, which I feel like are. It, it doesn't really compare to these storylines. I mean, I understand what the book was trying to do with Batman and Joe Chill, and like, um, almost the forgiveness of Joe Chill, right? Which takes away from the Batman himself because Batman never Batman is a freaking demon and always has this chip on his shoulder. 
So if he forgives Joe's chill, does that mean he's Batman anymore? So it's really kind of an odd thing to do. But I, I, yeah. I mean, there's storylines where he's actually uh, identified himself to Joe Chill, and Joe Chill brags so much that he knew who Batman was that the like mobsters kill him because they're like, "Oh, you fucking created Batman, you son of a bitch! I'm gonna kill you!" So they the mobsters <laughs> kill <laughs> Joe Chill. Mad at him. Yeah, um, there's actually fucking another storyline where Joe Chill uh, is stalked by Batman at a like a really dark psychological kind of way where until Joe Chill kills himself, which I feel is kind of what I feel like Batman it fits Batman a little bit better. Um uh, so I do I do I do agree that the ending was more of a happy ending. That's kind of weird that's funny to say. Um but uh it's it, and it does take away a little bit from that Batman lore, you know. Yeah, and it was like when Batman's cuz there was a moment where like Batman had to decide and he could either save Joe Chill and, like, he decides to, like, dive and risk his own life to, like, save Joe Chill and do this little bat rope thing and saves him. And, like, that's a big moment because it's like, you know, this guy fucking killed your parents. Like, he's why you are who you are. And you could just watch him die or become something different or whatever. Yeah. And he decides to risk it all to save this guy. And in doing so, it's like a physical kind of I forgive you statement. But, like... It's fucking whack, man. Like, I, I just fucking think that's whack, dog. Like, let him go into the vat and become the Joker. And then, I don't know, like, let's see where that goes. Like, I don't know. I was just, I loved the the position that the third book puts us in as a reader. I just wish it went in a different direction than it did. See, that's interesting because I thought the opposite. I thought that if Joe Chill becomes a Joker, like Joe Chill was just a thug in the wrong alley at the wrong time. And then he would just become the Joker with some acid. And all of a sudden he's like a maniac genius. Like I get the acid will fuck you up. But there, like that backstory, he did kill the Waynes. But outside of that, he was a nobody unless they built off of that then I would be disappointed for him to be Joker. Like, that was just like a guy in the right place at the right, or, or the wrong place at the wrong time, however you want to look at it, and then all of a sudden he's the Joker, and, like, he's, like, this mastermind. I would That would have been a stretch for me to get there. Um, but, like, the thing is, is, like, we don't even know who the Joker is. So, like, is was the Joker, like, some type of genius? Or, but like, that's did the, the beauty of it. Like, your your imagination runs, you know? Or, like, like, what if Joe Chill came out of the vat and he, like, wasn't a maniac genius? Like, maybe he was, like... I don't know, some Joker we've never seen before. Like, I felt like we had an opportunity to to be introduced to, like, a new Joker that, like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I hear so what, what you're is, saying, but... So what I, I did just, you think... Oh, sorry, but, go ahead. Jay. I want to comment off of Jordan. If that's true, Jordan, then we would not have the 1988 Batman where Jack Napier actually killed Bruce Wayne's family and who created Batman. And the famous line is, you created me, but I created you first. So that's kind of, you know, if, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't have that movie, which I think okay. is a pretty important movie, right? Okay. I mean, Joker killed Batman's family, which created Batman. Batman created Joker. Batman kills Joker, which is one of my favorite lines. You created me first. What movie is this? Dude, the uh, Batman with Michael Keaton. The, 1988 the original. That's Batman. Tim Burton, right? Tim mm. Burton. Yeah, it's... So that's not the but that's not the comic lore we're rolling with. That's not Joe Chill. That's no. not the goon that was in the alley. So like that's a different that's a different story, a different universe. But don't you don't you feel like it it like just feels better for 
the person to have created Batman and the person who killed Bruce Wayne's family to like matter. Like, I just, like, I just feel like I, I don't like that it was just some fucking rando. I mean, and I think that, like, there's See, an I argument do. to be made. I, as I'm saying this, I think there's an argument to be made to say, like, well, the enemy is Gotham itself, right? Like, the fact that he's, like, a faceless rando just kind of constitutes, like, the state of Gotham. And so Gotham actually is representative of the ones that killed his family, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's fucking whack. Like, I feel like it'd be doper if it was the Joker. I, just I feel like that just gives too many answers. And, like, the beauty of the Joker is the, <laughs> the mysteriousness. Mystery? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah, that's yeah. I, don't, I mean, there's I don't strengths like both the origin. Sides. If I'm being, I'm kind of just being, like, Devil's advocate. Devil's yeah. advocate. But that, I, I think there's strengths and weaknesses to both sides. Of course. Do, of course. In, in theory, that would be cool. But I think we'd be bored after that. It's like, oh, well, now we know who it is. My question to you is, and this kind of goes back to our point where the comedian is kind of the ultimate, because the criminal planned this whole thing and went this whole spiel about how he's obsessed with the Batman. And he needs to, he, I need to mean more to you. So I want to create Joe chill as the next Joker. So I have a, so the Joker has more meaning to you. Cause I don't mean enough to you. And I was like, dude, this is the most desperate thing I've ever seen in my life. And then the comedian just offs him, right? Spoiler <laughs> yeah. alert, just capped. Now there's one. And that was badass. And he talking to the Batman was like, I knew that the whole time. I have you seen Joe Chill? He's not going to be a Joker. Like I knew the criminal's going to fall for that and put this whole thing together because now you met Joe Chill, you forgave him, and you have no more wounds. So now you're a healed man. And guess what? I'm your biggest fucking pain. Like that. I get that. I thought was a cool ass fucking comedian twist that I did not yeah. see coming. What what, what like were your that. thoughts on that? Um, I think that I still wish that Joe Chill would have became the Joker. Okay. <laughs> but I do Stand think that guns. that was like a cool twist. Um, but I wasn't, I think at that point when I was reading that, I was more upset that like, I didn't get to see what Joe Chill would have been like as the Joker. So, so it was tight. Yes. But like, I don't think it moved my needle like it moved yours. Okay. That's fair. Um, any any other thoughts on the three stories before we go into craft or trash? Uh, oh, I got a beneath the ink dog. Oh shit! Why okay. are you pushing me out, bro? We're already at an hour, but I had I'll no idea, bro. Let's go beneath. Go fast. Let's dive deep. No, I love it. Let's go. All right, so um. It's Halloween. It's Hall Halloween season. I was about to say Halloween, but it's not Halloween anymore. So I thought that this had like a darker, kind of sinister vibe to it. The Joker's always been like pretty um, welcome in Halloween season because of his fucking like how dark he is. So I wanted to do a dive in like what the scariest, darkest villains of Batman are. So I have a top ten list of the scariest, darkest villains of Batman. And since we're already at an hour, I'm kind of just going to try to speed through these to see if you... A lot of them, I'm not sure if a lot of people will know. So, number 10, Jane Doe. There we are. She's a, she's, a, she's a murderer who becomes her victims. Number 9. That's cool, though. Mad Hatter. I've heard of Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter steals women, makes them his Alice, and when they don't reach his, like, ridiculously high expectations, kills them. And then steals the next girl to become his Alice. These are That's super dark characters. Like, I know. 
Zach, don't you have a line from your topless time uh, revolving around Mad Hatter? No, don't. Number eight, Dr. <laughs> Hurt. Dr. Hurt. So, Dr. Hurt might be a demon, um, pretends to be Thomas Wayne. He's a devil worshiper. Um, he manipulates the psychology of others. Number seven, Dr. Death. He, like, makes people's bones grow out of their skin. Probably, he lo looks like a monster. Jesus. Number six, Calendar Man. Calendar Man. Calendar yeah. Man actually is pretty fucking scary. He does. He, I've never he heard likes, of Calendar he Man. He, like, um, uh, in the video game Arkham Knights, he's, he, like, scars himself with the dates. Uh, and every time he, like, murdered someone, he, like, scars himself. And he, and he has, like, the, the, the dates of, of everybody on his body. Yep. Yep. Number five, Cornelius Sturk. Wait, that was literally his power? He's just a serial killer? That he's he a doesn't fucking have murderer. A power. Yeah. He's, so a, he's murderer. a murderer. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a serial killer. I thought he could, like, make uh, days And who's disappear. obsessed with, like, dates. He's obsessed with, like, dates yeah. and cow. He's really kind of, like, Hannibal Lecter-esque. Mm. Like, I don't think he eats people, but he kind of has that, like, sophisticated, like, serial sure. killer vibe. Sure. Uh, number five, Cornelius Sturk, who is convinced that the only way he can live is by eating human hearts. And well, so am I. Um, he uh, induces panic in his victims telepathically because he thinks the hearts taste better when they have neopinephrine in them, that, which is, is fear? the chemical your body releases when you're terrified. Yeah. He can just do that telepathically? <laughs> yeah. Just telepathically, he fucking terrifies you, and then right when you're at the peak of your fear, he drives an axe in between your eyes and then rips your chest open and eats your heart. I thought the whole thing about Batman's universe is nobody had superpowers. Uh, no, there's some people that have superpowers. Killer uh, Croc. Killer Croc. I mean, he's a mutated fucking person, Clay, but like Clayface, Bane, Solomon Grundy. Bane is a poison, like a venom, like poison ivy. It's still there's a hell of superpowers in Batman's world. Poison ivy. I guess they're like all like, I guess they're just like there's an origin to him. I guess I don't know. Telepathically doing something sounds like X Men shit. Victor Zaz. Victor Zaz. Yep. Who uh, carves. The amount of people he's killed. Oh, Professor Pig, who is a new new villain. Professor Pig is a surgeon who uh, wears a pig mask and he uh, commits surgery on people and like surgically attaches doll faces to their to their face and makes them like these fucking weird surgical doll like freak freakazoids. What, what's his Fuck name yeah. again? Uh, Professor Pig. Oh yes, okay. <clears throat> Number two. I wonder super... if that's a poll from Twilight Zone. There's a Twilight, famous Twilight Zone episode where the girl wants to be the most beautiful thing in the world, and she wakes up and she is, but she's surrounded by a bunch of people with pig faces, and it's Could fucking. Oh, that's a very funny. famous Twilight Maybe. Uh, episode. Mm -hmm. I never watched Twilight Zone. It's Creepy. it's uh you oh. have to be willing to to, to dig to dig through it because there's some gems, but it's a lot of slow shit. Anyways, I don't go on. think I don't think I'm willing. Number yeah. two. So now we're gonna get into like kind of obvious answers. I'll, actually, I'll let you guys guess who's number two. Scarecrow. Yep. And who's number one? Joker. Yeah. Two for two. And that's our top ten scariest villains in the Batman universe. A lot of them are actually, I think, darker than people would expect. Like, these guys are... They do some gnarly, pretty They're like psychological, like... Like psychological horror type of, type of villains. So, a lot of comic books don't get as dark as Batman does. No. no, dude. There's so no. many stories of Batman. It. There's a Halloween Batman, which I love. There's all kinds of like dark, dark. I mean, I mean, we we read most people read the the normal, you know, tights. I would say tight, 
tight like tight pants you know you know i don't know ceramic you know a costume type of batman but Batman you get into I mean it I love reading Batman because it's so there's a lot of psycho there is a lot of psychological stuff out there I mean Batman's always been you know uh a, the darker edge of stuff so I think because you can get away Which with is why it, I you know. love him so he's uh, got great stories I will always admit that great stories yeah. <laughs> I'll always admit not not confirm <laughs> um all right, so thanks for that beneath the exec. That was dope as fuck and fitting for the season. Um, so let's close it out with our crafter trash. And Zach, you can go last since this is your boy. JR, you wanna go first? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give it a uh eight point five. I thought it was a great great book, great art. Um I read it I read you know, we've read books where it's hard to get through and you know, art, you know, sometimes the art picks up the book, sometimes the the writing picks up the book. I felt this was both. Um I think it, it's it's a kind of a short story, so you know it's really hard to like uh, get too nostalgic about it. But at eight point five, I feel like it's a great number. Um, I I you know, like I said, I reading the Killing Joke. There was so much dread. You know, it's kind of like watching a horror movie. You know what's gonna happen at the end, even though you've seen it. You still kind of want to watch it. You know, like I don't want to fucking watch that. You know, we watched Hellraiser <laughs> yeah. four this weekend. You know, you're like. Uh, I know it's gonna happen. I watched that yeah. twice in the last two weeks. Thank Did you, Sammy. Hellraiser, really? Hellraiser four or Why like four? Is that like not four? The, the no, the first one. Hellraiser. The first one. Just Hellraiser. Hellraiser four has Adam Scott in it. I'm pretty sure it's that's the, the Bloodline one. version. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> uh, Amber loves uh, Hellraiser too. Pinhead. Oh, uh, yeah. But anyway, so I, I felt like you know it. It did it where I didn't feel so much dread. I felt more uh, excited. I felt like I love the mystery, so I think eight point five is is a good number. I think it's a great number. Um, I I I have an eight, um, and it's not because I didn't. Obviously, I liked it. It was an eight. Um, I had really high hopes for this, and for the most part, it really executed on everything I was looking for. I thought that the Joker, the artwork fucking crushed it first off. And I thought that the storylines were unique. Um, I love the idea of breaking up the Joker into three different kind of personalities and who's, who's the original. And you never really leave knowing still who the original is. And that's the beauty of the Joker is that vague backstory. Um, or was there always Batman, three? Or was there always three? Uh, I thought Batman was pretty much absent from this one. And I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought that this was more of a Red Hood story, and I think take. Red Hood could could be cool. You know, I'm just giving you shit. I think Red Hood could be cool. I just think he's kind of a, a, a bitch at the same time. Dude, you're like, tripping. There's no way. Me. Woe is me. No way. You guys never. You guys weren't there for me. Uh, if he was really that he savage, got his like fucking skull bashed in by a. Then crowbar. stop bitching about it, Twice. dude. Like seriously. Okay. Like, the really, get the really, over it. <laughs> the thing. The thing that. The thing that bugged me about it, honestly, was the love note on Barbara's door at the end of the fucking story, and it's like. Like you've I will, never left a love note, Jordan. Of course I have, but I wouldn't say I'll stop being the Red Hood for you love jason like it's like it's admitting who i am I'll stick it to a fucking door like i don't know it just seems jordan little... would use more than one tape too though he'd put like tapes on each corner make sure it stays on the door that shit would be sealed with wax because i'm classy <laughs> and it'd be slid under the door first off second off red hood's fucking a bitch um so i gave it i gave it an eight i i also didn't like the finale that much the, the, i like the idea the comedian kind of portrayed at the end but it's also like 
here I am, take me to jail, and like let's talk about it on my way to jail. And then it had a little bit of a backstory, a little nod to Killing Joke, but it was anticlimactic, if you ask me. So I gave it an 8. Everything else was great. Zach? Uh, I'm going to give it a 9. Um, I thought that the first book was incredible, how it ended. And through, the art was very strong throughout. Yeah. Um, like JR mentioned, we've read books on this show where it's not very easy to get through them. I read these books like so fast. And I, I was even like in the slack, like, when does the third book come out? Like, guys, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I need to see what happens. So I was like very engaged. And, you know, the third book came out and I read the whole thing in a night. Like, I was just like kind of being pulled through it. Um, I feel like it had like a, the mystery to it too, which I, which is cool to see in a Batman story because that's not as common anymore as it used to be it's kind of a throwback to like the classic detective style batman um and yeah i mean i think that i i liked the red hood um i i actually love the red hood so jordan's throwing slander on my fucking boy um i feel like i agree batman didn't have like a huge role in this he kind of was almost a part of like the plot in a in a i mean part of like this like silent silent aspect of the plot but I feel like it was fine. Um, I feel like how it ended was cool. It was a twist. I, I, I've been very vocal about how I wish it went in a different direction. But it still felt satisfying to me. And overall, the experience was like a movie I just couldn't stop watching. A book I couldn't put down. Just fucking dope. Like the whole, I just thought it was dope as shit. So, uh, yeah, I'm giving it a 9. All right. Well, I don't have to do that math on my calculator. That's an 8.5. Um, from the three of us so uh solid score and i think that uh will be relatively similar to the the score online did you look up the ratings online zach no i'll do it right now i'm guessing we're going to be a little bit below the bar because i'm extra critical on batman stories i feel like the the, the majority is going to be well received on this i'll say like an 88 to a 90 uh comic book roundup has it 8.1 oh Comic okay. Watch has it has it a ten. Okay, ten out of ten. So that's like a nine. <laughs> uh, and Goodreads has it three point eight out of five. So that's Interesting. Like a Goodreads seven. has a rating out of five. Yeah, so that's like a yeah. Interesting. All right, so I think eighty five is pretty much in the middle of all that. I think we're pretty close. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 really well executed. It's got a great story, great art, cool characters. Um, yeah, so you, you just love the ending, or you you like the ending. I, don't, I think there's some there's not a lot of Batman in it. Maybe that deterred some people. Not me. Chris, so Chris crispy. Babe. He's so crispy. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you all next week. Peace. See ya. <laughs>